Legend, and we're on episode 22 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. You can watch us on VIP's YouTube or search us on Spotify and on iTunes. Download and have a little listen when you're on your way to work or when you're sitting down counting your furlough money. It's up to you. Uh, if you can, leave a nice comment on iTunes. It would really help get the channel pushed. So uh, those that do, thank you anyway. And the rest of you, just cheers anyway for listening. I'm Steve Lillis. Rib me my regular co-pilot, John Evans. You sound, John? I'm good. I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Um, with us today, special guest this week, bit of a drum roll here, but we, do have, we don't go to that sort of expense. The man who's the head of VIP, uh, Mr. Steve Wood. Uh, thanks for joining us, Steve. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm not bad. They call me Ollie Super Sub. Uh, they all need to know I've only been given about an hour's notice for this, so... Uh... I try to do a bit of research, but box X down, so uh, I'm going to have to wing it just like I do in my shows. <laughs> uh, well, we, we, if we'll blame Sam Jones for his no-show, for his late pull-out anyway. Um, Steve, before we carry on, any VIP news you can we, you can give us? Is there anything to catch up on? Um, I know you've got Bradley Ray out this Saturday. Fair play to Eddie getting them on after trying to get them on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, Brad's on, and... Uh, it looks like Scott Fitzgerald's going to be uh, back out either April the 10th or May the 1st. I'm just waiting on that date. So, uh, at, at the moment, that's really all we've got, apart from the fact I, I've booked a load of venues for September, October, November, December. So, uh, hopefully everything goes okay and uh, we're back at it. You were talking to me a few weeks ago about the potential of a dinner show in July. Is that a no-go now and you're just looking at September? Yeah, I've, I've, I've spoke to a, a, a few people and the, the two things that we, we don't know, which would be blind, one is that uh, the board still might be insisting on the the, the, the fees for, for testing everybody who's there and isolating them in the hotels. So that's not sure if, if that's going to stop. And the other thing is that uh, you've got to check out the, the spikes go with, with the outdoor events before they come into the indoor. So once they come into them there, the, in, the indoor events, uh, they'll be like tested on 25 and then 50%. So there's no point in, in, in setting your style out to do something that might not happen. So uh, I, I just took it that uh, June and July, be, be there. everyone's going to go on holiday in August. So we'll, we'll go September. Steve is... You know when um, shows are allowed back, it's going to be a free-for-all, isn't it? All the small old promoters are going to be desperate to catch up almost. Are you, are you going to have to try and have conversations where you're not all going on the same weekend within a 10-mile radius? Well, I don't think there's that many in here anyway. I mean, uh, Pat Barrett, who's a good friend of mine, is going to do shows around here. And we've said we'll, we'll, we'll speak because he's he's got Liverpool kids as well. But... Um, Really and truthfully, my my concerns is matching him, so I'm just going to get the list to John Pegg as soon as I start trying to get him booked up. Oh, the other thing I want to ask you, Steve, is you've either got some real heavy industrial decor in your own house, or you're putting in some long hours today. You're still there at work, are you? Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, I, I'm I'm very busy. I mean, last week I was getting in at seven and going home at nine every night, doing a fourteen hour day. So uh, it's. Um, Nothing new for me, John. You've got to put it in, haven't you, mate? You do, you do. All right, fellas, regular watchers and not will know, and listeners, it's a quick-fire podcast. Six rounds, three minutes each round. At the end of the three minutes, you have to zip your lip because, because there's a certain sound. What's that sound, John? 
Okay, John, you ring the bell. You always start with round number one. What's your first topic? Let's talk about um, Little Chocolatito. Imanestrada this weekend be put on. It's got to be fight of the year. I, I can't see there being anything any better than that. It was eight or nine years after the first fight and somehow he went to another level and it, it was a phenomenal fight. Most people think Chocolatito won Estrada, got the decision, but it was little Gonzalez that was the star for me. You know, he's coming to the tail end now, isn't he? You know, he's up in weight. He's, he weighed 115 pounds, but he's still too small for the weight class, as ridiculous as it sounds. Um, a, a bit later on in his career, and to fight at that level against a guy as good as Estrada, over the course of 12 rounds, I, I think it just cemented him as an all-time great. I, I really think there was a time when he was the best fighter in the world. Yeah. You know, people were saying Golovkin, Lomachenko. I, I think it was Gonzalez. And I'm, I'm just glad he's, he's got some recognition. I don't think people in America have seen him at his best. I think he was, he was better than, well, way better than he is now um, when he was really at his peak. But I'm just glad at the end of his career, a little guy's earned a million dollars for a fight and, and people are talking about how good he really is. Yeah, um, you go back then to 2015-16, and I remember it was the Box Nation days, and Barry Jones then almost had him, he had him number two behind, I forget, <clears throat> was Floyd still number one then, 2015-16, I think it was. Barry Jones had it num number two, but what also you have to be impressed with, them losses to a run Vaisar was shattering John. Yeah. You know, and he, he's bounced back from two heavy losses. Um his trainer died of a stroke. And that's what I was going to say. I think that was a lot to do. He lost his way. Was, wasn't there some suggestions? Uh, he wasn't living the fighter's life for a little while. Um, and, and, and he's pulled it all back together. I mean, there's a lot of people now are saying, well, where does he go now? And obviously the options are the Rung Viasa or the third Estrada fight. Or the third and the third fight we've, we've um, saw Rung Bazaar. I can't pronounce it. You all know these Filipinos being a well-travelled man, John how to pronounce them, but um, I, I'd like to see, before he bows out, the Estrada fight. Yeah. Again, I think he deserves that more than the rung by side fight. It's worth a lot more money to him, and he deserves that before he bows out. Although I suspect if he lost to Estrada again, he'd still have the rung by side fight. So there's still something to earn there for him. Yeah, I'm, I actually missed it. I didn't get didn't get up, but I am going to look at it because everyone's saying to me it's a cert for the fight of the year, even though we're all, already in March. But um, you know, I wonder how good that Thai boxer must be who's beat the pair of them. He beat Estrada and, and Gonzalez. You know, uh, it'd be scary what sort of uh, ability he's got. But like John said, this this kid's Gonzalez gone from middleweight, sorry, mid minimum weight to light fly to fly to super fly. And still doing it at his age, you know, uh, fair props to him. And I think it's got to be a rematch. I can't see anything else but a rematch. Yeah. Hang on. Over to you, Woody. I think you've got a bridge too far for us. Yeah, a bridge too far. Um, what, what I'm saying is, has the WBA gone to like a, a new extra low level by uh, sanctioning the uh, Shannon Courtney via Ebony Bridges fight? I mean, um, I'd like to know your opinions. Obviously, Shannon Courtney's a British fighter. She's had six fights. She's had one loss, which was to Rachel Ball, which really and truthfully 
if, if I don't even know who it was for the title, if it, if it was and it wasn't because it's a British title, well, that's the level she's fought at British level and got beat. Now she's fighting in a world title against uh, an Australian. And let's be truthful about it. If it wasn't that she's got a big pair of tits and like showing them, no one would have knew who she was. So uh, how did the WBA sanction that? There's nothing wrong with a fight. I've got no problem with a fight, but it's it's a, it's a damn right liberty making Shannon Courtney Ebony Bridges for a, a world title. As you say, it's a good fight, people. It will catch on, but it's a shocker again by the WBA. And at a time when women's boxing's asking to be for equality and be projected better, this doesn't do it any any good at all. And like what you said, look, you know what? It doesn't need the world title. It would have got attention. You've got two blonde girls. Shannon Courtney's outspoken. The other girl was in her bra and underwear weighing in the other day. If this wasn't two blonde girls, you know, who had a bit of personality about them, or should we say the X Factor, I don't think there'll be any call for it whatsoever. But there's nothing wrong with a fight. And you know what? The way we've got to look at it, we as boxing purists can knock it. But to Sky TV, it does business. So they're not going to have any complaints at all. And um, you've got to remember, what, what we us boxing people have got to remember, these channels like Sky are sports channels, not boxing channels. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Jack Catterall and Dillian White should start walking around in bra and knickers, you know. <laughs> remember the world title after God knows how many years. She, this Bridges has cracked it, hasn't she? You know, yeah. we'll talk about Marvin Agler later, who, who passed away, and look at the route he had to get to his world title fight. And now look at, look at the the route these girls are taking. And I agree, Steve, we want to be taken seriously, but I, I think this diminishes it. You know, look, it, it should be an effort. It should be an honour to fight for a world title. It shouldn't just be given to you within six fights. You should have to prove your worth. And uh, Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get to, is that the WBA is letting, letting the female boxing down because I'm not like an advocate of uh, female boxing, but I'm starting to swing round, round to it. And then when this happens, and like Steve said, you can't blame... Eddie and Sky really because they're putting on something where people are going to come in and and, uh, and watch but you oh, can't yeah. blame the WBA but actually letting them sanction it as that yeah it'd be massive one mm. right, round three the salty pot Lawrence the salsa Coley fights Chris Christoph Glowacki for the vacant WBO belt on Saturday um <sighs> you know I've watched all of Lawrence's fights you know he's heavy handed awkward and I just think, though, because of the way he fights, however good he is, is he going to become, like, if he wins Saturday, one of the best world champions nobody knows in that sense of his style isn't attractive. He's going to be new. Who needs him? The other guys in that division, you know, like Breedis and then, oh, we might be a bit careful going near him. He's big, has power. And you know what? He's, I think he might, he might need to go to heavyweight before, you know, he gets some attention. If you look at Usyk, He's getting more attention from the mainstream now. Whereas he was cruiserweight champion, only only the hardcore boxing fan really appreciated what he was and what he did as an amateur. Now he's getting that recognition through the platform he's getting. He's been getting on Sky and mainstream TV here. Um, and, you know, obviously the personality he's got. You know, and I, I just think this, this is what, Saturday night, I think a code is going to look so good as well. You know, Glowacki hasn't boxed her about, oh, Two nil getting on for two years, and he was done by Breedis then, I think, in two or three rounds. I just feel that mm. Cody could be one of those guys who doesn't get the credit he deserves. Oh, he's, 
been in some absolute stinkers, hasn't he, though? You know, yeah. when he, was it the Askin fight at Wembley? You know, yeah. it, it's so hard to shake that, isn't it? Once you've once you've been on a big stage, on a big pay-per-view and put in a performance like that, it's so hard to come back from. Um, what? How, how do you beat him? Yeah. You know, but that's, how, how do you beat him? He, if you're at range, he's, he's longer than you. And if you're in close, he'll spoil it. And he can knock you out. Uh, I agree, Steve. He, he's going to be horrible, impossible to beat almost at cruiserweight. But who's going to want to face him? And he might have to go up to heavyweight and take a risk because... At cruiserweight, it's going to be difficult for him. Yeah, have you, have you had mm. fighters like that? Step? Well, go on, sorry, Steve. I wonder if you yeah, had so what, what like I was that. just going to say, I thought he looked sensational last time, and uh, that's difficult for me to say because I'm not a lover of him. Um, I've seen the asking fight, obviously, that was at Wembley, and uh, he nearly put 100,000 people to sleep. It, it was one of the worst fights I've ever seen. And then I think also uh, Chamberlain, that I think he put him oh, over in the yeah. first round, and then then they stunk the place out as a top of the bill when they were both under 10 fighting novices and, and it's shown at the time. But he's got a, a big KO ratio, hasn't he? And uh, I think if he KOs them and, and looks good, but if, if they're going to go the distance with him, uh, he stinks the place out, like you say. And uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure if he's going to win on Saturday, but one thing is sure, he ain't good enough to go to heavyweight, Steve. So uh, I, I think... Um, the hot sauce, as you say, is going to uh, temper out. As you know, um, not for me, Cole. Cole, <laughs> he's hard hitting this Woody. John, your <laughs> your second topic. That's a, well, somebody else who's hard hitting, Lewis Lewis Crocker. Yeah, uh, well, away at a minute. We've got a real good mix at British British level, haven't we? We've got um, off the top of my head. Here, we've got Ben Congo, Marku McKinson. Taylor, Jenkins, you could go on and on. But you, you're looking for the one who can go on to European and world level. And I reckon you, for fighters to get to world level, we have to have a dig. I think it's where a lot of the British fighters come unstuck. You have to have that knockout power. And I reckon Crocker's got it. For, at weekend, he fought um, a guy called Ilbai. Yeah, um, but Crocker looked good. Maybe he was a bit too relaxed. He got caught a couple of times himself. But he's got that X factor. That left hook he throws is horrendous. And he can hurt anybody with that. And I, I just think there's something with Lewis Crocker. Obviously, him being so good means all those other British guys I mentioned won't want to fight him. But if he can plot his route up to world level, I just wonder if Lewis Crocker might be the one who emerges from that pack as our best hope. You know what? There's a couple of kids emerging from that. I mean, in the last three wins, John Fane, Lewis Green and Ilbay have got to be respected. And I remember when he boxed on... Box Nation cards, straight... I tell you who's big on him, Steve Bunce, before he turned pro. And on them first couple fights, he was at the Waterfront Hall in Belfast. I was over there for Box Nation. And both times, he was on before TV started. And Bunce, he was really making an issue. This is a guy who should be on live TV, even his debut. And I've seen... I saw him at them shows, and I hadn't seen him. I knew of the wins he'd been having. The, the, I knew he'd beaten the John Feynman I knew of, and didn't he stop Louis Green? Yeah. Yeah, um... But um, I'd really been watching much of him since those early, early days. And I watched him the other night. And what, the, what, 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 what I like about he's good TV. Yeah. You know, if you give him the platform, you, you put him on a Sky or BC Sport, they'll want him back again. They, they, you know, and, that, and that's what he is. And you know what? You back him against Chris Jenkins now. Um, McKinson's a different type of fight. There's another one you've got to watch coming through. Really, really, I, I, I really like him. And what about the croc? And uh, Connor Ben, how savage would that be? 
Yeah, listen, like John said, there's a lot of welterweights. I mean, at the moment, my favourite is that Chris Congo. Um, I yeah. like uh, I like the uh, Lewis Crocker, and like you say, he's good TV. His first six fights, he won by knockout, and then uh, I watched uh, the, the first person to take the points, which is the great Willie Warburton, who's from our area and uh, was absolutely fantastic journeyman and knew how to get through. And I'm sure it was on an undercard of uh, Carl Frampton in Ireland, and uh, you know. He, he, he handled him quite easy, uh, Willie. But, you know, Willie's um, good at getting around the ring and make, making sure he, he doesn't lose. But someone who's got to go and win against him, it'd be, it'd be a different story. And like you say, he, he can punch. You have to find someone who can punch themselves, won't you, to beat him? You will. You'll get punched if you keep running into John's time. Fire away, John. Oh, sorry, fire away, Woody. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, an odd one here. Dizone, obviously, uh, they had the Chocolito fight on, which was fantastic on Saturday. It's one ninety nine, which is great value. Obviously, it's, it's going to go up. We've seen, like, the Callum Smith and Canelo and the Luke Campbell and Garcia on it, and then we've got Andrea Williams coming on, and then we've got Canelo and Billy Joe. I mean, absolute fantastic value at one ninety nine and going to go up. But my, my thing, looking at it, What's Eddie Earn going to do? Is Eddie Earn going to leave Sky and go to Dizone? And then what happens if he does? I mean, what sort of standards? He's going to be massive at Dizone. What it leaves at Sky? A Sky then going to go back to like the smaller all promoters, maybe give someone like me a chance and just go at British levels? Or are they going to still chuck money in it and ask for someone to compete with Eddie? That's if Eddie does leave. If Eddie doesn't leave, what are Dizone going to do? Because they'll need some concepts in the UK. Endless, isn't it? Who knows what's going to happen? You know, we, we, I'm sure we've all heard rumours about top rank coming over to Sky Sports, haven't we? If, if Matchroom disappear off to the zone, who knows what's going to happen? But I agree, Steve, you know, for two quid, how can anyone complain? The, yeah. the one thing they've got to do, they've got to change the commentary team. Because can you imagine being little Gonzalez or Estrada, two of the greatest fighters of all time? You get home to watch it feeling all beat up and tired and you've got to listen to Chris Mannix's bullshit. The worst, the worst commenter, commentator on any sports platform. If Dizon get the commentary sorted out, I think we, we're on to a winner. Yeah, what you know price what? it eventually goes up to, who knows? Well, well, I mean, I love it. I've been watching the documentaries, eh, mate? I'm like, you know, that boxing's a big village and everyone knows what's happening before it's announced, 90% of the time. But everyone's just guessing what Eddie's going to do when the Sky deal ends in, um, ends in August, whether he's going to go or what. But... What worries me for the zone long term is they have to get a football package. Now, the bidding was meant to be around now, but um, the Premier League have, have put it back to the end of the year because they've seen how much the money's gone down in, in Italy and France is just absolutely dropped. It's absolutely in a terrible state, French football. So what happens if it gets to the end of the year and they're going to be three, four years without a football package? You're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make the money just on boxing if you've got no domestic football. I know they've got some overseas football, um, but you're not, you're not gonna make money, however big they are. And these people who are putting in these billions to the zone, these millions, they're millionaires for a reason, and they still don't want to lose money. And that's my big fear with the zone: where it goes if they don't get a football deal. But so far, it's been fantastic. On Steve, final topic. Well, I think we've got to sign off. Uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Um, I mean, uh, the last two days, I think me, you, Woody, and John Evans are the only man on social media who haven't had a picture with him. 
put up. <laughs> but um, you know what? what? What a fighter he was. Whether he was a, an all-time great, you know, he's an all-time great, a top five middleweight. It's all subjective. But you got to look back at, at the career. You know, there, there was, you know, to me, obviously talks of Hagler Hearns in that first round where he looked, you know, I was reading the other day, you know, I was watching it last week again for some reason or two weeks ago where he lost that round, but it won him the fight. And the Mugabe was one of the most brutal fights you, you've ever seen. Um, you know, the Simpson performance, when he smashed Tony Simpson up in, in Boston, is un, uh, often underrated. Um, you know, Kevin Finnegan twice. I'd love to see that fight twice because if you read reports from back in the 70s, Kevin Finnegan gave him two of his hardest ever fights. But what you know, what, what's amazing, he had 30, 35 fights before he got that top rank deal. And uh, Marvin was all, 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 always careful with his money. And I, I did a Fox Nation meet with Bob Arum in Las Vegas. And uh, the thing that stuck with me with Marvin, he signed him just before um, he fought Antrofermo in the, in the draw. And they both fought on the same card in Monaco. Yeah, 1978-79, I think, uh, oh, um, a Cabrera, someone Cabrera Hagler fought, and it was $5,000, his check from top rank. He signed with Aram. Three years later, he's in Aram's office. He shows him the banks, the bank account he opened there, and that five grand's still there. Proud of that five grand that he's always kept in a different bank account because it was his first top rank check. But um, what a great, great fighter, and uh, it's such a tragic loss because he's... 66, and every time you'd see pictures of him, he'd look health. He, he would look like a man that, you know, he'd, he'd pass for 46. Tragic. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the things that's really hit everybody hard that's uh, it's come out of the blue, hasn't it? You know what I mean? Nobody knew that he wasn't well, and uh, they've all, everyone always thinks of him being healthy. I mean, obviously, we talk about his fights with Hearn, Denham and Leonard. What I would say is that everyone's got the favourite one, and it might not have been Agla. But he was always the second. The people liked Leonard as a favourite. Agler was the second. If you like Duran, Agler was the second. So, you know, um, fantastic respect for him. He's one of the the um, pe people who really got, got me to lo love boxing. And uh, it, it's a shame that he's gone. And at 66, he's, he's too young. And we still don't know, know why, do we? Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys who became a superstar and one of the sport's big earners. But he did it for... The hard way, and that's what we like to see, isn't it? Especially yeah. people like us, Steve, who are on the small holes. He came through the small holes, didn't he? He lost fights in Philadelphia, picked himself up off the floor, and and still went on and still became a world champion. And I, I think that's what I appreciate most about him. You watch your fights back, and God, just a hard, hard, fit, strong, determined man. Brilliant. He was. When you think, you know, people think of Tyson as the last real beast in boxing. He was that really, wasn't he? That late 70s, early 80s. You know, he was the beast of boxing then, wasn't he? He was. Well, when you turn the telly on, you always knew you were going to get a good fight with him. And that's what we were saying before, wasn't it? That uh, they're the sort of people that uh, not just the, the, the TV love, but us boxing enthusiasts love, don't we? We do. It's time. Bye. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews. Amateur and Pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.